you ever feel like you have the weirdest family ever? My family is so screwed up. My family is worse. <laughs> I mean, you've seen my family on TikTok and Instagram. We're a wild bunch, right? Okay, so now imagine your grandma is the queen and your ancestors were royalty with a very twisted history, including killing each other for power and medicinal cannibalism. You win! The British royal family has to be one of the craziest family dynamics on the planet. And today, we're going to dive deep into how that works. And by we, I mean the royal we, which just refers to me, because I am the queen of this podcast, and sadly, I'll take my power wherever I can get it. So bow down, know-it-alls, because I'm about to take you inside the royal family. Hi, my name is Bella, and you might know me as Jay is from TikTok or YouTube. But you're about to know me from this podcast, Know-It-All. And each episode, I'm going to help you become a know-it-all about something new. Here we go. So what sent me down this royal rabbit hole? Well, season four of The Crown just dropped on Netflix, and it's the Princess Diana season. It's so good, I binged it all in one weekend. Yeah is the stuff of which fairy tales are made. But fairy tales usually end with the simple phrase, they lived happily ever after. As we know, Prince Charles and Princess Diana did not live happily ever after, which got me thinking about the bizarre duality of being part of the royal family. It's both a blessing and a curse. They're so privileged, yet the expectations are so rigid. Their destinies are largely determined by the family tree, and many of their everyday freedoms are limited. There's a lot to unpack here, so let's get into the weird and wonderful British royal family. Okay, so first things first. Let's talk about royal succession, because that determines who's in charge. And right now, that's Queen Elizabeth II, and it has been for quite some time. When her father, King George VI, died in 1952, Elizabeth became head of the Commonwealth and Queen Regent. Then, she was officially installed as Queen Elizabeth II during her coronation in 1953. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. And it turns out, she had a very long life. She's currently 94, and she holds the record for the oldest monarch ever. Yes, queen! In 2003, she celebrated 50 years on the throne, becoming only the fifth British monarch to achieve that milestone. And now, in 2020, she's the longest reigning British monarch of all time. Yes, queen! It's funny to think that she almost never became queen. It's true. When she was born, she was only expected to be a minor royal. Her modern-day equivalent would be Princess Beatrice of York, a cousin of William and Harry. But then something completely unexpected happened that changed her life's trajectory in a major way. Her uncle, King Edward VIII, abdicated the throne in 1936. Wait, what? Dude, what are you doing? Why would you give up the throne? Just take it. But the problem was that Edward was in love with an American socialite named Wallace Simpson, who had already divorced her first husband and was in the process of divorcing her second. And as king, and thus the nominal head of the Church of England, it was widely believed that Edward could not marry Simpson and remain on the throne due to the church's rules at the time. So what did Edward do? I choose love, baby. A supposedly cold-blooded royal choosing love over money and adoration? Aw, doesn't that just warm your heart? 
Upon Edward's abdication, his younger brother, King George VI, rose to the throne. Since Elizabeth was George's older daughter of only two girls, she became heir presumptive, which means that she'd likely become monarch someday, but she could be usurped in the pecking order if her father went on to have a son. And this is where the rules of royal succession start to get a little confusing for me. So I'm just going to say this outright. Are the rules of succession feminist or sexist? And the short answer is both. Wow, just like regular life. Perhaps the more accurate answer is that the royal family is slowly approaching a sort of gender equality that has taken literally hundreds of years. Wow, even more like regular life. The Succession to the Crown Act of 2013 definitely improved matters for the female-born royalty, allowing them to inherit the throne by finally eradicating male preference primogeniture. Word alert! Know-it-alls, you know what that means. I just got a word alert. Male preference primogenitor means the inheritance goes to the eldest surviving male child. Females may inherit, but only provided that the subject has no sons. And obviously, in the case of the royal family, that inheritance includes the crown. So basically, getting rid of this male preference in the succession order meant that a future Elizabeth couldn't be passed over if she had a younger brother. But there's still a bit of gender discrimination in the way that titles are assigned. When a monarch is queen, like Queen Elizabeth II, her husband is referred to as a prince, like Prince Philip. However, when the monarch is a king, his wife is referred to as a queen consort. After all this talk of titles, you might be wondering, okay, but what do royals actually do? Good question. I've been reading the tabloids trying to figure that out. Back in the olden days, kings and queens were actual rulers under a system of government called an absolute monarchy. Okay, can we vote you out now? Then, the Glorious Revolution of 1688 established a constitutional monarchy in England, which severely limited the monarch's power and shifted the role into more of what it is today, a ceremonial figurehead for the state. And according to the royal family's website, they carry out over 2,000 official engagements throughout the UK and worldwide every year. Given the British royal family's public role in activities, Prince Philip dubbed them The Firm. So who finances The Firm with all those fancy crowns and clothes and palaces? A firm is a business after all. In a 2017 report by Brand Finance, the monarchy's value was assessed at 67.5 billion pounds, with 25.5 billion pounds of that coming from tangible assets, like the properties, art collection, and jewels that they own. But the majority of their value comes from their brand. The monarchy contributes an uptick of close to 1.8 billion pounds to the UK economy each year in sectors such as tourism, media, and even fashion. Brand Finance's CEO, Dave Hagg, told Reuters they're like a giant PR campaign for the UK. So what's the price tag on this giant PR campaign? The whole family comes in at the bargain price of just 292 million pounds per year. And it's, uh, it's not as expensive as you'd think. It's cheap, really. The royal family is so fascinating. It feels like I could go on forever, but we're running out of time, so let's start the clock. It's time for Fast Facts. Queen Elizabeth II typically travels with her own personal supply of blood. According to The Telegraph's chief reporter, Gordon Rayner, Her Majesty never leaves the country without bringing a Royal Navy doctor with her. And if the health advisors think a destination she's visiting has a questionable blood supply, she brings her own. Prince Charles doesn't squeeze his own toothpaste. He has valets squeeze one inch of toothpaste onto his toothbrush every morning. Now that is the royal treatment. Members of the royal family have to accept all gifts presented to them in good faith. The queen determines the fate of the gifts because all gifts belong to the monarchy. The queen likes to drink, a lot. 
The Independent reports that she has a glass of champagne every evening along with a dry martini. Plus, she sips gin and Dubonnet before lunch and wine during lunch. Damn, Queenie. The royals sometimes drive their own cars to feel more normal, but not all of them are good at it. Prince Philip gave up his driver's license last year after a car crash at the age of 97. The queen isn't required to carry a passport when she travels. She can just flash a coin or a bill with her face on it. I mean, come on, how baller is that? Kate Middleton was the first royal bride to have a college degree. Whoa, seven facts in a minute. Not too shabby. That's it for today's episode. I guess I better take this crown off and admit that I'm a commoner again, though it was a blast to cosplay as the queen for an episode. I want to give a quick shout out to the royal family's social media manager. For such an old institution, they have a pretty with it social media presence. Catch you on the gram, Buckingham Palace. Hit me up on TikTok and Instagram at OnlyJS or Twitter at NotJS and let me know, who's your favorite member of the royal family? Don't forget to smash those five stars, leave a nice review. It's super easy. And when you rate and review the podcast, it helps other listeners find me. Curious what the next episode of Know It All will be about? I'll give you a hint. It sounds like a sewer, but it's actually a small town. Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Know It All. <laughs>